Hey, everybody. Uh, Dylan here. You may not know this, but besides this podcast, Atlas Obscura also runs immersive online courses. And in these courses, we teach people about everything from how to recreate ancient recipes with a culinary archaeologist to deciphering the meaning of gravestones with a cemetery historian. And we recently launched a new course that I'm super excited about with none other than Rushikesh Hirway of the podcast Song Exploder. That course is called Podcasting and the Art of the Interview. And over three sessions, Rushikesh is going to explore everything from conducting interviews to presenting audio storytelling in its final form. That course starts soon. It starts this Sunday, December 6th. So if you're interested, go enroll today. Otherwise, check out all of our courses at atlasobscura.com slash online dash courses, or just search Atlas Obscura courses. Okay, enough from me. On to the show. Imagine if someone asked you to make a time capsule of 2020. What would you save? You could save a roll of toilet paper that would be both symbolic and useful. Uh, Maybe the face mask that a friend sewed you or you sewed yourself or a screenshot of your first of an uncountable number of Zoom meetings, maybe your vaccination card. I might put maybe the bandana I wore for the first month, (laughs) realizing later how, how little really it was doing. But what items can explain what living through this pandemic has really been like. In January of 2020, in the very early days of COVID-19, that is exactly what some workers at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, aka the CDC, were already thinking about. Because while their colleagues were already on high alert, monitoring, mobilizing, and studying this mysterious new virus that was circulating around the world, these workers in a lesser-known part of the agency we're already thinking about how to take a snapshot of this moment in time, how to preserve it so that future generations can understand it. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're taking you to a museum inside the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta, Georgia. This museum documents how public health officials have tried to slow the spread of disease throughout history, and now how with COVID-19, they're trying to document it all in real time. That is after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! 
It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. In January of 2020, Louis Shaw was thinking a lot about the pandemic. But not our pandemic. The influenza pandemic of 1918. Because Luis is the curator of the CDC Museum. And in early 2020, she was getting ready for an exhibit on how the 1918 pandemic shaped science and society. But then news started circulating at the CDC. News about a brand new virus, one called COVID-19. And that was when they had to change their plans. By early March 2020, it was really clear that we had to get on top of it. And it has been so different from anything that we have collected and documented in the past. The collection at the CDC Museum, it's like a time capsule of every public health crisis that's happened in the last century. Take, for example, the polio exhibit. Wander over there and you'll see a big, hulking iron lung. In which this wonderful man named Barton Abeer lived in for over 40 years. That, I think, is a crowd favorite. Then there's a glass jug filled with this noxious-looking yellow water. And that water comes from the Bellevue Stratford Hotel in Philadelphia. In 1976, bacteria in that hotel's HVAC system caused an outbreak of a mysterious respiratory illness at a convention of the American Legion. The disease was dubbed Legionnaire's disease. The Legionella branch had a big gallon jug of this chiller water, and we finally talked them out of it, and we have it on display at the museum. And I say it's priceless, but it has no value at all. There's also exhibits on the obesity epidemic in the United States and on the health impacts of secondhand smoking. And I do want to do a shout out to our smallpox eradication collection. We have probably the most stellar smallpox eradication collection anywhere. You can even try on a hazmat suit if that's the kind of thing that strikes your fancy. I mean, come on. But... It's one thing to track down an old iron lung or charm your colleagues out of a murky jug of water years after the crisis has abated. It's something else entirely to collect artifacts from a pandemic you're currently living through. We were doing a rapid response collecting kind of approach that we were trying to collect materials in real time. But rapid response collecting is a little bit like asking curators to peer into a crystal ball. You have to predict what objects people in the future will really connect with, which ones will help them really understand what it was like to live through this crisis. So when reports about COVID-19 first started coming in, Luis sprang into action and cast a wide net. In early 2020, when a cruise ship called the Diamond Princess had an outbreak on board, The museum approached first responders and quarantine passengers and asked them, hey, do you have anything for us? In response, they got passenger correspondence, even a copy of a diary. And when CDC artists created the first medical illustration of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, the museum nabbed one of the 3D models that they worked from. 
And of course, there was one object in particular that soon became a really big deal, one that reminded Luis a lot of 1918. There was the whole issue in 1918 about masking, and there were mask shortages. So, you know, the Red Cross were doing like these events where it was women that joined together to make masks. Sounds familiar. Flash forward to the PPE shortages in the spring of 2020, and Americans are once again breaking out their sewing machines. And the museum made sure to collect some of those homemade masks. And as the CDC also rushed to certify the safety of new companies that wanted to manufacture N95 masks, the museum stashed away some of those that passed the CDC's muster. Luis says museums first realized that they needed a rapid response collecting strategy after September 11th. Like people would put up a flyer, have you seen my son or you have you seen my my mother, those kinds of things. And they were collecting the teddy bears at the sites. And it's a kind of collecting ephemera that if you don't collect it right at the moment, it might disappear. In 2014, the CDC Museum put this new rapid response collecting into action with the Ebola outbreak in West Africa. And they knew they wanted to tell a story that was bigger than just the CDC's role. They wanted to represent all of the different perspectives in this collection that they were building, including artifacts from the community and religious leaders who stepped up to help fight the Ebola virus. We had a imam and a minister that actually shared copies of their Quran in the Bible that was mocked up with passages that documented why it was okay to have safe burial practices um, that were being recommended, you know, quarantine procedures. I will say in the Ebola exhibit, that was probably the most popular section of the entire exhibit. Included was a healer's bottle donated by the Sierra Leone Indigenous Traditional Healers Union. And it's wrapped with threads and cowrie shells and was used to wash hands. The items showed that it wasn't enough for health officials just to promote safe practices, that the messages also had to come from people who were trusted in their own communities. Rumors were an incredible issue in West Africa at the time, particularly early in the epidemic. You know, some people thought Ebola wasn't real. There was all sorts of things like, you know, this was purposeful, you know, people drinking bleach. That sounds sort of familiar, doesn't it? With the torrents of misinformation around COVID-19, the museum has had no trouble finding these kinds of artifacts to add to its collection. Things like anti-vaccine posters. You might even say some of these artifacts come to them. Occasionally we'll have protesters in front of CDC and we have collected their materials. And they're sort of excited that it's in the CDC museum. Well, it's one way to get something in a museum. Just like 9-11 forced the museum to develop new collecting strategies, so has COVID-19. So much of our lives have gone digital these days that the curators have spent a lot of time surfing the web to preserve snapshots of the internet just as they looked at key points during the pandemic. They're preserving news stories, videos, even podcasts. But for all of this stuff that the museum is collecting, it's unclear what kind of future any of it is going to have or what kind of exhibits 
may actually come out of this. Luis says the museum, like all of the rest of us, is sort of in a holding pattern because you can't tell a story until you know how it ends. We can't start developing exhibit while we're still in it because we don't know what the end story is. We got to have a little bit of um, rear view mirror kind of things. We need to be able to really tease out, you know, what the themes are and what is the story we want to tell. Louise says that she doesn't know what the future holds. Maybe there's a future where COVID is just something we all live with in some form for a long time, like the flu. Or maybe there's a future where some years from now, a kid will wander the halls of the CDC museum, look at a face mask and ask, wow, did you really have to wear those to go to the grocery store? What was it like to live through that? This may not surprise you, but the CDC Museum is currently closed due to safety concerns about COVID-19. But you can access many of their exhibits online at cdc.gov museum. And one day, and maybe soon, they'll be back open to the public. We'll see what the future holds. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by Amanda McGowan. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder-Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris. Wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.